We are live with Kenneth Johnson, executive recruiter extraordinaire. Welcome to the show, Kenneth. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here, Jack. Hey, so let's just jump into it. So you're an executive recruiter, and I love talking with other recruiters because that's what I do. So kind of, you know, it's fun to kind of share notes, war stories. Uh, so what do you specialize in? Like, what's your what's your what's your niche? Wow, that's a, that's a great that's a great question. So we we yeah. branded as a, our niche is diversity. So any company that's committed to adding diverse talent, specifically underrepresented groups, black talent, we're one hundred percent in. We believe that uh, if the position description is aligned and 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 we can kind of work that through, uh, we're traditional recruiters. We'll find the talent. We just need an opportunity. So yeah. So our niche is diversity. And so, so by that, what happens so that you'll have a client or you'll solicit a client, they say, Hey, we need more of, you know, fill in the blank, you know, a certain type of, you know, background. Uh, and when you say diversity, like, what does that include? Is it, I'd imagine yeah. it's kind of a whole array of different people, right? So, so what happened is initially, I think that's kind of how it was set up. Right. But right. we started seeing that when organizations came to us or when we were soliciting business from organizations doing our business development efforts, they typically wanted black and brown talent from us. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's some intersectionality, right? You're gonna have veterans and you're gonna have members from the LGBTQ communities and people living with disabilities. So there's intersectionality, but typically when people come to us, uh, they're, they're looking for black and brown talent and, and mm -hmm. we're comfortable and happy to fill that role and be a solution provider. And if, if you're able to talk about like what kind of clients, what kind of companies, what types of yeah. jobs do you recruit for? Man, we've worked, so we've worked with some really amazing companies, big and small. So uh, I guess some examples would be our, my first paid client was JP Morgan, JP Morgan, right? This is before they were JP Morgan Chase. So JP Morgan, the Vanguard Group, uh, Pepsi, Tiffany and Company, Join for Social Justice, a, a, a very small social justice organization, a Jewish social justice organization based out of Boston, uh, Durst. We're working with Tarte Cosmetics right now. So we've had some amazing clients. We continue to partner with people like the National Urban League and, and the New York Urban League to uh, support their efforts wherever needed. So uh, it's been a good run. So, so that's pretty good roster of clients, you know, some I top so. tier, interesting, right? And, I think so. And how is it, is it, do you, so do they look for you at all different levels or do you specialize in, you know, accounting or how does that work? Yeah. So Jack, so you understand how it goes because you've yeah. been in talent acquisition yeah. and recruitment for quite some time. So typically when they bring us on, it's for you know, a, a select role, right? right? So it could be it could be an accounting or it could be a marketing role or director of communications or something like that. And we over-deliver. So we over-deliver and that allows us to get into the conversation for other opportunities internally because if one hiring manager has had success with you, other hiring managers are going to go to them and say, hey, listen, where'd you find Joe? Mm -hmm. And oh, we found him when we were working with East Coast executives. Hey, can you make the introduction? Sure, I can. And then, you know, that might allow us to find our way over to IT or another department. So, yeah, because like I, I have a niche and a lot of times recruiters have like a niche where they just will focus in a certain like mine is that like compliance, legal risk. So but what yours is a little different is that you would 
higher across the board because but it's just diversity so it's diversity but within diversity it's a bigger niche because now it could be it to accounting to software engineers you know whatever so, their needs are exactly and we, we don't do a ton of it work um and and some of that probably is you know it's 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 the chicken and the egg right so there, there's some extreme challenges in information technology as it relates to diverse talent right so we just hadn't received a lot of opportunities there. I think we would have been, we're, we're extremely successful when we do. All right, all right. But Wait, I didn't mean to interrupt. We got it. We got to work on that because that's a big area. That's big ticket items. The these yes. folks, they're making three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand a year. So, dude, we, we got to we got to find a way to break into that. We want to be part of that conversation. <laughs> yes, exactly, Cause, exactly. Because you know what? That's something interesting. I wonder. Um. I co-host the Blind Ambition podcast, right? And yes. it focuses on this uh, platform, Blind, where it's all techies. And they make, like I said, they make a lot of money. So that I maybe that's the next thing, Kenneth, where, where you kind of get into that space, like Meta, yeah. Apple, Amazon, you know, all those shops. We're talking yeah, we, to the audience. You're like, we're, we're talking shop here. We're talking, <laughs> this is inside scoop. This is how like, you know, we will talk about like, all right, Hey, wait, here's a great opportunity. We got to kind of look into this. Hey, Jack, we may end up doing a follow-up, right? Like what yeah. happened after the conversation, right? like after the first 48, right? After right. Kevin Jack's conversation, what right. happened? Now, how, now with what I've seen, you know, just firsthand over, you know, it's, it kind of stopped a little bit where, you know, for a while, late 2022 to, you know, throughout most of 2023, like all these layoffs. And I've noticed a lot of the people who were laid off were recruiters with DEI um, or HR talent acquisition. So did that have an impact on you guys or, or the needs are so great that, you know, there's still a lot of recruiting to do? You know, interesting enough, I probably think we we've probably had in our history three DEI leadership searches. Mm -hmm. So so those titles that didn't impact us because we weren't really selling to them either. Mm -hmm. So we weren't receiving a lot of searches for those types and then we weren't going to them to identify business opportunities either. Mm -hmm. So so it didn't impact us but a lot of those people are our friends. So that did impact us because one, uh, we were so excited uh, when when the company started focusing in on DEI uh, as a business imperative. And we were so excited for the opportunities that our friends and colleagues were yeah. receiving at great companies. So of course, after you know a year, a year and a half, two years to see some of those individuals uh, either decide to leave or be kind of shown the door. Uh, that's been discouraging at some level, but they'll they'll be okay. We'll keep driving and, and everybody keeps waving the flag for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So even even with, you know, people, HR, talent acquisition, DEI, there's still a big need to hire diversity uh, talent across the board. Sure. So, so that, and that's the thing that kind of keeps us, you know, um, in the conversation, you know, people yeah. still actively, I believe, want to have and see the value in diverse workplaces. Um, not everyone, but a lot of people. And we just choose to work with them over there. You know, other people will have to come around at their own pace. 
but uh, we, you know, we're going to keep uh, standing up and supporting diverse talent and, and supporting talent in general, but with the hopes of uh, giving people opportunities to grow in their careers. And, and behind the scenes, like, how does this happen? Do you, does a company say, hey, we're looking around and saying, hey, we really need to get, you know, you know, certain kind of back people, certain kind of backgrounds. So, you know, it's, it's, it's more of representing, you know, representing, you know, the, you know, the area, the community, whatever, like, how do they come up with like how, you know, who to hire, how many people to hire, when to hire, how does that work? You know, so, some companies have specific missions uh, and initiatives in place mm -hmm. that they're, they're trying to adhere to, but I'll share this though, Jack. Yeah. Look, you know, we're recruiters, uh, you and I, yeah. and a whole bunch of other people out here, uh, talent trumps all. We're just looking to, to identify the best talent in the space. Now, mm -hmm. some of the recruitment pools that we use consists of diverse talent. So we're there trying to interview and trying to vet the best talent in the space. They're still going to have to walk in the door and show yeah. and prove that they're the person for the job. Uh, there's no gives, there's no gives here. Uh, people are still going to have to go interview, prove through their work histories and through their transferable skills that they're the right candidate. But we just want them to have the opportunity to do that. So uh, a lot of big organizations and small organizations, they go to the same talent pools to recruit talent consistently. They show up at the same colleges and universities. They show up at the same professional organizations. We're just here to say, listen, we're probably knocking on some doors and swimming in some pools that traditionally mm -hmm. you may not be familiar with or accustomed to. So just to, to go back to a point you make, Ed, it's really interesting because I think a lot of people maybe have different judgments or feeling about it mm -hmm. so that when you're looking to hire and introduce diversified talent, um, you're not giving in or let, you know, saying, Hey, this person is of a, you know, a B or B minus, but we're going to take that person because they fit, you know, this quota they're looking for. So, so like if somebody doesn't meet the target, even though they're a diversity, you know, candidate, you're going to say, sorry, it's just not going to happen. Is that not going to happen? We have to do it all the time. I mean, yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're adhering to position descriptions and specs and things of that nature. Uh, so we're identifying people typically that show up overqualified oftentimes yeah. because we just believe that that's kind of the nature of the space. Uh, they're going to have to, probably have some tough skin and probably a really sound skill set to be successful uh, because they might not receive some of the nurturing and things of that nature that, that come with, you know, uh, traditional candidates and traditional roles. But uh, we just, we just believe that everyone needs an opportunity. So, uh, and here's the thing, you know, it's kind of like, remember when we used to talk about the hidden job market? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just the people didn't know the job existed or they weren't looking in those places aren't those organizations either. That's one of the most frustrating things for us. When people come to us, everybody wants to work for those companies you spoke about before, <laughs> Google, Amazon, right. right? You know? And I'm like, hey, hey, there's a great organization right here. Yeah. They're doing some amazing things. The salaries are exceptional. Why don't you consider them? So sometimes we're just introducing people to organizations and and, and companies that maybe they weren't familiar with.
And, and again, just to go back a little bit. So when you're saying about, hey, they have, you know, when you're looking to, you know, get somebody aboard and hire somebody, they have to meet and exceed whatever, you know, job description titles they want. But do you ever find out, do you ever feel like people that you bring aboard sometimes wonder, hey, was I just hired because of my skin color or because of what have you? And then they're in the job and it's like, they feel awkward. And I figure this is a chance to be real. Like these are questions, let's yeah. be frank, that people always think about like, what's really going on? I mean, does that happen too, where you get maybe so, imposter syndrome? Yeah, well, I think imposter syndrome is real, right? But I yeah. think we work with, we work with a lot of high achievers and people right. that have had success and they've, they've stepped up to bat yeah. uh, time and time again. So I think even if they're suffering from some imposter syndrome, they do have a confidence that have given the opportunity an equal opportunity to perform uh, that they'll be fine. So, you know, and, and so we might be catching people after what you're speaking about, like after they go through that, exactly, we may yes. catch them because, because typically, yeah. you know, we're, we're working with leaders yeah. and they're coming in and they have, they, they've went through the, they've been through the gauntlet and, and they came out on the other side, um, ready and, and and driven yeah that's good to hear and, and in addition to recruiting you're doing a lot of other things too right yeah we try to stay busy but <laughs> so so you know it's always recruiting right because we we have to be in spaces to meet people right because the passive candidate is a real thing in any space especially as people get higher up in their careers i used to always share with my father uh he, he was with uh he was Eminem Mars for 27 plus years, right? Great talent, never even looked for another job after he got with Mars, in my opinion. Now, he may he may have something else to say about that, but I, I used to say, how would somebody find you? Mm -hmm. You know, because he was so comfortable in his role. So I think sometimes, uh, you know, we're just introducing people that, that their head's down and they're, they're doing the work and they're excelling where they're at. And we're just saying, hey, you ever think about this? And uh, and then, you know, we open some eyes. So with that being said, we have to show up in a lot of places. And sometimes that that showing up turns us into, turns us on to other opportunities to add value. So that's some of the other stuff we do. It's just all about one, positioning ourselves as the leader in this space that we're in, in the diversity recruitment space, but also having a community focus that allows us to give back. So that's kind of where you get the work with the National Urban League and the work with the New York Urban League and the work with the Philly Urban League and Black Box and TEDx Harlem. Uh, that's where some of that stuff comes in. Well, can you talk about those? Because, um, you know, I saw that on your bio and we were talking about, I don't know much about it. And I imagine a lot of people in the audience may or may not be that aware of it. I mean, how about we work backwards? Because TEDx, I think most people heard TEDx. Yeah, yeah. So like, are you running? What's your what do you do with TEDx Harlem? So so I'm a I'm a TEDx speaker, right? So okay. I, I actually uh, did a TEDx uh, Goldie Beacom uh, called the Face of Workplace Diversity. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I speak about the Eastern United <laughs> Community Center in my TEDx, and that's where I'm at right now today. <laughs> I'm in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, at the Eastern United <laughs> Community Center doing this. So this is a full circle moment for me. So yeah. thank you for being part of that. <laughs> that's um, awesome. So so. Uh, I became, after I did my TEDx, I said, wow, I wonder if there's one of these in Harlem. And there had been 
but it was 2012 and there was a seven year hiatus. So 2018, I, I was able to speak to the people at TED and get the license to do TEDx events in Harlem. So we did a 2019 event. We had amazing speakers, uh, thought leaders, ideas worth sharing, right? Uh, true to the TED format and platform. And uh, that was great. And then the pandemic hit. So we didn't do a 2021. I'm sorry, we didn't do a 2020, but in 2021, we did TEDx Drivers Row, TEDx Harlem Drivers Row. And then in 2022, we did a metaverse themed TEDx. And now we'll be Wait, back. Wait, did you, you did that in the metaverse? No, no. Oh, well, so okay. our, that was, so that was the plan, right? Yeah. Uh, we had, we had Chris the Kim. It sounds like you get excited about metaverse. So you may know. No, you know what? I was playing around with that for a while when I thought this was going to kind of, you know, we, we would try to see if we could do interviews in the metaverse and yes. what have you. And then Meta got involved, but then all of a mm -hmm. sudden AI came and it just kind of- It, it got, it quieted down, right? right? Yeah. So so we had some great people, some thought leaders in, in that space, and it was very tech centric as well. Uh, but we didn't do it in the metaverse because there was too much of a, you, you had to one, get people to vir be virtually ready to receive it and then get a spatial account or whatever it was that they would need to do to, to view in the metaverse. So we just decided to, to do it as a virtual event, but uh, it was it was titled and themed around the metaverse. So that was amazing. And we'll be back in 2023, uh, I believe late October to do a, the first, well, the second live TEDx Harlem because we haven't done a live event in three years. So we'll be back to a live in-person format. And I just found out yesterday where that's going to be. So we'll be releasing that probably later on this week. Uh, you want to give a the, sneak peek to give a first sneak peek out? Oh, I would love to share it yeah. here with you. I, I would love to share it here with you, but I can't because I didn't sign the paperwork yet. All right, but it's in New York, <laughs> I take it. It is in New York. It's in Harlem. It's okay, in Harlem. All right, but it just depends where it will be. Yes. A Paul Theater, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> 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 we I tried that at one time, but uh, they, yeah. they, that was a yeah, that was an interesting experience. It, it's 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 very it's very costly to do an event. There. Well, this is what all right. I was going to be rude, right, and ask you. So, so you have a license. That means like you're a business guy running the whole event. Is that what it means? Like yeah. like you're. Um, so you're, so the, it's it's a not for profit you know opportunity right. with 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 that with TEDx right okay you don't make money doing TEDx but you do I think you I think the value is in you providing a platform for the people from from your neighborhood to showcase their ideas especially in Harlem we have so many people that live in the village that are that are just amazing thought leaders in the spaces that they work in and New York City in general is just a place that breeds mm -hmm. unbelievable minds so uh it's great to be able to showcase people like Ebony Carrington and people like Clayton Banks and and Arva Rice and people like that on that platform because uh it just shows how many people are literally your neighbors that are amazing and doing amazing work and so what will happen because you know what I've seen individual TED talks but never like just watching back to back so so you would have somebody come on like the individuals you mentioned, they'll give a talk and then someone else will come up and give a talk. And is it one day? Is it a few days? Is it yeah. a week? So, so, so it's it's a one day event. And typically, okay. you know, I, I think the sweet spot for me, I don't like to have people there for three, four hours. So the sweet spot for me is about eight to 12 speakers. 
-hmm. because then you can do an intermission. So you can do say five speakers and then do an intermission. So you keep people there about two, two and a half hours because the talks, I think the talks typically should run between eight and 12 minutes. So each person gets about that much time to share their idea or share their thoughts on, uh, you know, any topic they want. I don't censor my speakers uh, because I, I, you know, they're selected for a reason. They're selected mm-hmm. because I believe and value what they have to share. So uh, we kind of let people talk about topics that are close to their heart, but also topics that will be of value to the community at large. So what are some examples? Even, you know, you probably, it's not, you know, we're far away still to October, but not that far, really, if you think about no, it. No, not that far. Right? Oh, really not that far. I mean, listen. generally, what kind of topics do you think will come, you know, in past ones or that you would yeah. like to hear? Like you would have. So, you know. so, yeah, there's that's a great question. So there's a couple of different things going on. Of course, um, financial literacy, I think, is an extremely important conversation uh, in, in the communities that we serve. There's also some um, food sustainability conversations that I think should take place just regarding, you know, uh, more natural foods and, and, and nutrition and things of that nature. I think that's a good talk. Technology is always going to come, uh, to the fold and we have some machine learning and AI conversations that'll take place there, uh, through some of the speakers. Uh, wow. What else? I've been speaking to people. Oh, of course the arts, right? Mm -hmm. The arts are such a huge part of that community. So, uh, you know, funding is 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 kind of drying up for some of the arts programs, especially in New York City and around the country, actually. So I think there's a really interesting conversation around not only receiving more funding, but people volunteering and offering their time to support some of the things that are going on with arts and the youth. Uh, so, yeah, I think there'll be some really interesting conversations uh, that'll take place there. But I think tech, financial literacy, community nutrition and food, uh, I think are three things that that I believe will come across in this particular event as well. That sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah, you should come up. You should uh, come. You should, definitely. You should, Absolutely. Yeah, you should definitely think, make it up as my guest. I think you need a moderator, you know? Like, so, I'll, be, I'll be the diversified person. I'll be the yes. diversity guy, right? <laughs> I'll stand out. Because if you didn't notice, I'm white. Well, I'm looking at the camera. It's more pink today, a little red. <laughs> you know, TEDx Harlem, we welcome all. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, everybody's welcome. But you just have to live in Harlem. Uh, I live in uh, New Jersey, which is close. Yeah, it's close. It's close. It's close. My, I'll say he's not my brother-in-law. I don't know who he is. Lives in Harlem, so I could just use his address. <laughs> you can use his address. I'll, 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 I'll take a blind out of that. Yeah, you can use his address. We listen. Uh, you know, we, we've had. You know what? It, so we did a really interesting conversation yeah. when we did TEDx Drivers Row. We had Sam Sia, and he's the the founder and CEO of Biospace Harlem. Mm-hmm. And he does, of course, a ton of work with Columbia, but he's running a program that allows for kids from that community to take an early look at careers in biospace. Like amazing work. People you never know are in the community doing some great things. So uh, so that's why I think it's just really important to to open it up to to everyone, but specifically the residents of Harlem, because most people don't even know that Harlem biospace is a thing. And he's doing amazing, amazing work. Like it's almost like a we work for the biospace community. It's crazy. Who knew? That's amazing. Yes. 
well, like there's some VCs up there too, right? Like for sure, there's some for VC sure. funds. Harlem Capital, yeah, yeah, some great, yeah, it's exactly. So, uh, so yeah, we're we're having a ton of, a ton of conversations, but really the conversations are designed one to uh, showcase and amplify the voices of the residents there and the stakeholders, but uh, also, uh, you know, I think there's a business imperative to everything that that takes place. So if we can put these organizations in positions where eyes get on them and they find other opportunities through the platform of TEDx, and that's a great thing as well. It, it, that's not the only thing you're working on, right? You got, no, you no, got a bunch got, of other stuff in the works, yeah, we, right? we, we, we keep it rolling. We keep it going. What's that in. Google? You're doing something with Google, right? Like a certificate you're working on? Yeah, so we have uh, through the Black Box app. Uh, what so is we, that exactly? I saw that, but I'm, I'm not sure I know what that okay. is. So, so yeah, let's kind of unpackage it. So, you know, when prior to the pandemic, when Google had the uh, learning center at 14th and 8th in Manhattan, I was the career instructor there. I was doing uh, career-based classes on salary negotiation, electronic job search, and, wow, oh, behavioral-based interviewing, right? So I was doing workshops there, and I started realizing that there was a, there was a select group, group of people missing from those conversations down at Google. And that population was black men. Uh, just They weren't coming through at all. So uh, I started thinking of ways where I can add value and just maybe bring people and support people in that way. So we created an app called Black Box, B-L-K-B-O-X. If you go to blkbox.tech, you, uh, you'll receive download links. It's, on, it's in Apple and it's in the Google Play stores as well. But Black Box, we brand it as a career consciousness app for black men. So it's for anyone, there's great information. We've partnered through with, with Google to provide career certificates for anyone that comes into the black box app that has interest. Uh, pretty much we can, we can set them up where they can receive uh, career programming and career IT certifications through Google. Uh, we partnered with Indeed to provide some content even in the app for general job search, right? Resume building, interview, things of that nature. Actually, we're gonna do something, I'm doing something with Indeed in about a week uh, and through the Job Search Academy as well. But uh, so we've used that to really position it as a resource tool. And we have a podcast associated with it where individuals can see like, hey, you know what? There's a Mark Anthony Dyson. Actually, Mark, what just did the podcast last week? Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, so people can find out about him and what he's doing, and read his articles and get content. We just, we just thought again, and it sticks to kind of where we set up with East Coast executives in general. We just want to be a place where people go to get information to advance their careers, and uh, and we thought that uh, there was a huge miss in that particular demographic. Uh, and they were falling behind at a rapid pace as we venture into this new new workspace with AI and technology and machine learning. Uh, we just like, listen, we can't miss this one. We have to be present. People have to be familiar. How can we add value and support that demographic and bringing them along uh, to be part of this new revolution, this technology technology revolution that we're experiencing. So black box is the way that we've set out to do it and add our part. So why do you think that, you know, black men were falling behind and not keeping up with tech or getting involved with tech 
or in some other areas? Yeah, you know, consistently, I think uh, we've found ourselves in roles that have been kind of dead-end positions, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And even if they're not dead-end positions, they're very customer service-oriented, which is fine. But uh, I think we've been in some of the entry-level roles, and then we've struggled to find opportunities to to grow and learn and receive even mentorship in those spaces. So you just stay there, right? And, and, And that has presented some problems with how we've been able to progress through the halls of corporate America or lack thereof, right? So I don't have all the all the answers to why that happened. I think there's some systematic and some political stuff that that clearly, if you just look at incarceration rates and everything, that it's a long conversation. Mm-hmm. However, what's the solution? Where do we, how do we help? And and black box is a way that we've decided to to pitch in and hopefully we can pull a few people along and then they'll pull a few people along and we'll make a difference. You know, you talked about financial literacy and some other things. Do you, do you have any programs for people who are younger to start them out, you know, to, to, to pivot off of what you were saying, you know, from elementary school onwards, you know, catch them, catch people when they're young. Yes. We, we don't personally, uh, under the East Coast executives and black box umbrellas. However, um, as I mentioned, I'm here at the Eastern United Community Center today uh, because it's just what I do, right? I I try to find ways to give back. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a financial literacy component to some of the work they've done, uh, really just trying to introduce youth. I was here a few months back with, uh, he's my cousin, his name is Craig Ford, but he's, uh, the president of the National Healthcare Workers Association. So we just came in and did a quick workshop with kids. Those kids were probably from seven to maybe 13, 14 years old, and just introducing them to exploring different careers, a career exploration uh, piece. And we spoke about that, like, all right, let's bring somebody in to talk about financial literacy and get people at younger ages. Let's bring somebody in to talk about careers in healthcare. Let's bring somebody in to talk about you know, careers in tech. So we're working to do some of that. And that's the micro. We'd like to have a macro idea that, that maybe makes some sense under Black Box. But right now, our the populations we deal with are a little more senior. And there's some great people doing amazing work with younger individuals. Uh, it's not us, but there are people out there doing it. And there's only so much you can do, right? You got to kind of, you have X amount of time. So you do that. And then maybe other people find those other niches that need help and kind of focus on that. And, you know, it's also good to be a resource. Like once we partner through and we know about those places, then we send people there. Like you Mm -hmm. don't have to be the person that fixes everything, but if you can provide them with the information to say, Hey, look, we don't do it, but they're doing some great work at the Harlem's children's zone, or they're doing great work over at, uh, uh, I don't know, First Corinthian, like wherever it is, if you can send them there and, and you know the programming sol- solid, then that's a plus, that's a win. So so where do you see this all going? Because like you have a lot of irons in the fire, you know, the TEDx, you have the black box, you have the Google certificate, you have like, the, let's say the coaching. So what is there going to be like this long-term game plan where you kind of put them all together and like, do you have 
a bigger vision. And I don't mean to put you on the spot with it, you know, but like any no, 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 I appreciate it. put it all together and take it to the next level. Yeah, you know, I think uh, for us, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's important to not get away from the thing that we really enjoy yeah. doing, and that's that's the recruitment. That's the recruitment piece, like the talent acquisition thing, and and the career stuff, right? Uh, you know, I, I love being a being someone that. So you understand this as well because you've been doing this for a while. So when I started doing the career workshops, what made that possible was applicant tracking systems and LinkedIn. I had placed people in the early 2000s, and then they came back out into the workspace when, with the financial collapse. Mm -hmm. And they said, Ken, what in the world is LinkedIn? What's an applicant tracking system? But I had all of this information right. because I was working with some of the biggest companies in the world. And with that being said, I knew what they were. I knew how they could be impactful. I knew that Taleo at the time, like, a lot of the resumes were getting pushed out because they weren't formatted correctly and things of that nature. So we just started doing workshops on getting people's paperwork and resumes through applicant tracking systems. Oh, and then branding became a big thing. So we started speaking to people about LinkedIn and how they can use LinkedIn as a, as a professional branding tool. And with that, things just started rolling and we started doing the workshops. So really the big picture for us is how do we help as many people as possible achieve within their career space. You know, we set out to do this in, in 01 after uh, Kenneth Chenault was named CEO of American Express. I was just reading Black Enterprise Magazine and I didn't know at the time, mm -hmm. I was just reading the magazine. I didn't know that there had only been three Black men that were Fortune 500 CEOs in the history of the Fortune 500. And that was 2001. And I'm like, wow, that's a, that's that number's, like, that's not even believable to me. And I started doing research. So I said, okay, I, I tell you what, we'll set out to be the company, the organization that helps change that number. So we'll just help people achieve in their careers and get them in opportunities to grow. Uh, and hopefully one day we'll be the person that placed the next CEO <laughs> of such and such. So, awesome. so, so really just helping people is really the big picture thing for us and helping them in their careers really is the line. So you have a lot on your plate, Kenneth, right? For people who want to help out. I mean, do you, are you open to folks who say, hey, like, I like your cause. I like what you're doing. I want to participate some way, some shape, some form. Do, do you do that? I definitely do that. I'm doing that right now because you reached out and this yeah. is, you know, you're, you're right. helping our cause by letting right. us be on your platform. So I appreciate that. But we're just always just interested in working with people, anybody. I think we need more of that right now in the spaces that we operate in. Uh, and this is, this you know, people make it out to be a race conversation, but it's just about providing opportunities for people. And that's kind of where we want to sit, right? How do we help as many people as possible achieve in their careers? How do we help as many people as possible organizationally achieve their goals and aspirations? And uh, the way we do that is just being really good at what we do at East Coast Executives. That's fantastic. For people who need, who would like to get in touch with you personally, or if people want to, you know, who watch it now or watch it on the replays, want to just help out because there are a lot of people who like, you know, would love to teach someone how to go on LinkedIn and how to, you know, brand yourself or how to do an elevator pitch or how to negotiate salary. 
those sound easy in theory, but we both know like it's hard to do, especially hard to do in the moment when you're doing it yourself. Let's say you don't have a recruiter, you're doing your own. Those are hard stuff to put, you know, to do together. So are the, could they reach out to you also directly and and see if there are ways, you know, you know, to get involved? 100% okay. they can reach out, you know, and, and, and it's interesting that you say this because, you know, I host a show called the Digital Career Success Series for the National Urban League, 100-year-old civil rights organization. Mm -hmm. They do great work. I've been hosting the show for, I believe, three years now. But all we do is provide professional development content for individuals that are interested in salary negotiation, interviewing tips, and entrepreneur versus entrepreneur you know, the side hustle. So we do all of these these conversations. We do them bi-weekly, uh, but we do conversations just to help people, anybody that's interested in getting that information. So for me, if you're looking to kind of connect through and, and see if there's some synergies and we can explore ways to work together, you can visit the East Coast Executives website at eastcoastexecutives.com. That's a good place to uh, find out what we have going on and to reach out to us directly. But uh, I'm on the social media feeds, LinkedIn. I live there. That's how I know about Jack and all the great work he's doing. Uh, and and we recruiter and all of that. I want to I want to talk to you about that platform as well. See, I kind of did what what you were talking about. Where during the pandemic, you know, I I said like, hey, I could either be like boo hoo hoo, you know, this is terrible. We'll say, F it, I'm gonna try to make something and do something better and help people. So we would have these, you know, online meetups and and you could appreciate this kind of like you have, you know, on Zoom, you have like, you know, everybody's in their little box and everyone is feeling, as you can imagine, you know, like, oh my God, this is just an awful time. And they're feeling miserable. But then when we start talking, giving advice, helping them out, being encouraged, you would just see this, it was amazing. You'd be like, oh. Where they relax because they're thinking, oh, it's just me. But then mm -hmm. they look around and see, like, these people all look pretty put together and they're in their same, all right, it's not me. And that alone made people feel better. Then they were more receptive to working on an elevator because then they felt, hey, this is possible to turn it around. So, and you, you know, dude, you could probably appreciate this too, Kenneth. I think a lot of people have misconceptions about recruiters, right? They, they think, oh, they're always bothering me when I don't want them. They're not around when we need them, whatever. But like we, and, and I could tell just from talking to you, like we get a lot of satisfaction when we help people. Yes, you know, we get paid for it, but there's this like inner satisfaction when you get someone that job who has more money, can maybe go to a better house or better apartment or better neighborhood or get their have money for their retirement for their kids it's like it's crazy it's like it's nourishing right it makes you it just gets you motivated to do it again and again and again right it's it's amazing uh it's an amazing feeling even down so uh one of our clients and it's tart cosmetics so mm -hmm. there was a young lady that so they asked us to support them in their internship program right as well and I was on a Zoom call and we were recording the call and I was speaking to a young lady and I'm like, hey, I have an opportunity for you. And I told her it was with Tarte Cosmetics. Mm -hmm. And her reaction was so priceless that I had to kind of roll the roll the footage back and record it, like screenshot it. And I sent it to the, the talent acquisition yeah. team over at Tarte. And they were just so excited and happy that that was her reaction to just getting an internship, right? So to your point, yeah, like we're, we're helping people and we're helping people change their lives. And sometimes that feeling like I can still picture her face when I told right. her. And that's what I want again. 
Like I want that every time. It's so a high, right? I'll keep searching that. Yes, yes. It's like a high. It really is because you're feeling like, wow, I, I made such a difference in someone's life. Yeah. So, so hey, I, I know what I'm going to put it on out on your platform. Her name is Jasmine Renami. She, her internship ended last week. She's okay. looking for another opportunity. So, if anybody right. wants to connect with some great, a great talent, she goes to Columbia. She's amazing. Uh, maybe we can line her up with something else. Fantastic. So this is great. So, so once again, for everybody, how can they reach you again, in terms of like, yeah. let's say an email too, in addition to or whatever, whatever you find it easier. No, no problem. Listen, eastcoastexecutives.com. I'm Kay Johnson at eastcoastexecutives.com. You can find us. Even if you go to the website, you'll find Instagram, you'll find the, uh, the Twitter feed, you'll find all of that stuff there. But one-stop shop is coming to LinkedIn and just tapping in, man. I accept invitations. I accept conversations. I'm just all about trying to find ways that we all can help one another. So I want to thank you for allowing me this opportunity to come on your platform. I think the world of you and the work you're doing as well. Uh, so with that being said, man, this has been an amazing well, conversation. Well, thank you, Kenneth. And I'm I'm definitely coming if I'm invited to TED. Oh, you're invited. Listen, I'm, you're I'm invited. I'm as soon as as soon as the tickets are released, I'll get tickets out to you and uh, and come I'm up in. to Harvard, man, and hang out with us. I'm in, definitely, for sure. <laughs> Excellent, thank, dude. Thanks so much for coming out. This is great. I love the mission. I love what you guys are doing. That's fantastic. And uh, all I can say is keep up the good work of people watching it. And if you want to help out, this is great. This is awesome. Improving lives, making a big difference. That's what we do. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Kenneth. I'm so thank glad you. you're here to come on. Take care. Take buddy. care. Bye-bye.